Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that was not going out long before it became fashionable. Yes, life on lockdown is a strange and at times unsettling experience. We hope you're safe and well out there and that some idle cricket chat might help fill the hours between designated exercise outings in the manner of a fast bowler slowly ambling from fine leg to fine leg, waiting on the captain's call. Joining me in front of their webcams for some selfie isolation, we have Mark Butcher, a man who has made a much lauded second career of sitting in a box chatting to an unseen audience. Hello, Butch. Welcome to Zoom. Yeah, it's, it's great, isn't it? The uh, the wonders of modern technology. I mean, even even we can't um, can't wag uh, and get off work. It's terrible. <laughs> we're we're, we're uh, important drivers of the economy, or or, or something like that. Um, and talking talking of fast bowlers, this week I have the privilege of welcoming a special guest uh, in the form of Sussex and England quick. One of the quickest of the quicks, Tamal Mills. Uh, how are you going, Tamal? Starting to miss pre-season training yet? Well, technically, I'm. Uh, this is my. I was on holiday anyway. I was I, I, myself and Luke Wright didn't have to be in until the the first of May. So, um, yeah, life's pretty similar to any other day for me, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> just just sitting on the couch uh, waiting for uh, game time to come around in a few months' time. Literally, yeah. <laughs> not not much apart from that. Good. Oh well, I'm, I'm glad we're not keeping you from anything. Um, <laughs> let's let's start out with a, a quick catch up on developments since the last pod. Cricket, like much of the rest of life, uh, is on pause as the world gets to grips with COVID nineteen. Um, in the UK, the ECB has pushed the season back until at least the end of May, a date that seems likely to move again given forecasts about how long the current shutdown may continue. Uh, and uncertainty looms for players and administrators. Butch, we're in the hands of, of Boris and co here, hopefully sterilised. Um, what's your feeling on how much of a season we might still see? Um... I, I don't know, mate. How long's a piece of string? It's um, it's it's impossible to tell. Uh, you know, hearing talk about having matches played behind closed doors. Um, you know, all kinds, all, all manner of speculation as to what might be able to to, to be brought to the public. Um, you know, my, my feeling is is basically that until it becomes safe for, for people to sort of congregate, and that of course has to include players. Um, you know, cricket dressing room. The dressing rooms at Hove, as, as much as the, the new dressing rooms there are, are a, a little bit more um, spacious, they are still pretty bijou if you put 15 players and a load of cricket kit in them, not to mention, um, you know, uh, psychoanalysts, uh, guys looking after your, your, uh, your nutritional um, needs and various, however else you need in a dressing room nowadays. There's no way you can get two metres, let alone two centimetres in terms of distance between uh, people in one of those dressing rooms. So, you know, I, I reckon until until such a time as we get the all clear for sort of, you know, for, for crowds um, and and players and, and, and whatever else to sort of be, be in that sort of vicinity, that sort of proximity to one another, I can't see how you do any of it. Um and you know, if that means that uh, if if that means that that things have have got better for everybody for the entire world, come June and you can start, then you then you start. But um, until such a time as you get a, a, an absolute all clear, I don't see how you can do it. I honestly don't. 
Tamar, what's what's the feeling among um, the players? How is this all being communicated? Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting one, been a tricky one. Again, nobody really knows. We're getting emails from <clears throat> from the PCA and then also from our uh, chief exec Rob Andrew, just with loose updates. As as Butch said, obviously we know definitely nothing's um, going to be happening competitively until the end of May, but. Just from chat between the lads at both Sussex and, and elsewhere, I, I think even you know we're all pretty uh, realistic, realistic in, in our thinking that it's, it's realistically going to be more July, August, September, if if at all. I think probably best case, hopefully we can get back training in maybe June, July time, and then look, if, if that means maybe a, a shortened blast in August, and then maybe the hundred in September, that might be the best case scenario um if as butch said the you know the the population is is deemed safe to start getting together hopefully we don't have to play behind closed doors but again if if we do that's that'll be an option and, and as players we we want to get out there but um yeah we're getting told you know things from the pca just kind of as and when but at the moment there's just there's not really an, a lot to tell i think the next the next thing we'll be waiting to hear what you know the ecb have said that they're planning f- what the season will look like if it starts in June, if it starts in July, if it starts in August. So I think that's kind of the next thing we're just waiting to hear. So at least we'll have an idea of what may happen. Um, but until then, we're just sitting tight, waiting for for anything. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, Al, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, obviously we we as, as cricket fans, players, etc., um, you know, we we want something positive. We want something to, to sort of look forward to. And so so you kind of hold out hope that come the end of May, things have, things have got better and you can play. Um, if if that is not the case, and, you know, sort of looking at worst case scenarios here, um, you know, what Tamar was saying there throws up some interesting questions. Um, you know, players, there are players who only, who only compete in Red Bull cricket. There are players in the final year of, of contracts yeah, I am. My, my contract's up this year, so right. um, <laughs> I need to do something. You know, there, there are all kinds of, um, you know, it's not just you know, people aren't going to be able to play and people aren't going to be able to watch. There are all kinds of um, financial implications for the players themselves, for the clubs. You know, how I'm guessing that there are some clubs, <laughs> there are some clubs, and, and, and please don't take this the wrong way, um, uh, supporters of, of various counties, um, that, that they might be better off not playing any cricket at all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they might, it might cost them more to stage cricket than it is not to play any. Um, the money still comes in from the centre. Um, the ECB are the ones that are probably looking over their shoulders and thinking, wow, can we afford to lose an entire season's worth of revenue from international cricket at the 100? Um, but there are some counties who it might not affect greatly, but there are some, some who, who it will. Um, it's, a, it's an extraordinary time. It really is. And, um, you know, there, there are an enormous amount of, of things... Um, to be considered outside of just you know people losing their you know their summer pastime. Uh, Tamal, you, you mentioned your contract situation. I mean, how heavy is that um, uh, an issue for you to be sort of dealing with amidst everything else going on? Yeah, it's it's, it's not great. <laughs> um, you know, I've got a baby coming in July as well, so uh, a lot of things to think about. Um, there'll be a lot of guys in a similar situation to me. Um, so I, as part of my new contract, we kind of moved on to a bit more of a pay-as-you-play uh, setup. So I took a cut in my basic, and then with a view to, you know, in the summer, you know, you, you kind of you top that money back up. Should hopefully I stay fit and play games for for Sussex, which was fair enough. But 
So you're, you're on a, it's appearances, isn't it? You get you get sort of top ups from from. A yeah, basic so I still player. I still get a basic salary, but that has come down from previous years. But every match I play for Sussex, I get a you know I get a match fee uh, to to bring me back up to you know if I play a full campaign, that will get me back up to what they were pretty much you know paying me before. So obviously, if if we don't play the blast, or if the blast is truncated, or Whatever that's that's obviously gonna gonna hurt me financially. Uh, the hundred as well. So you've got a contract in that. Obviously, if that doesn't go ahead, you, our contracts won't be uh, valid for that because um, unless unless the ECB have taken insurance out against all of our contracts, which I, I wouldn't have thought. Um, you know, insurance that players have taken there for personal injury, not for you know complete cancellation of a of a tournament. Um, and then, as Butch said, I know at Sussex we'll, we'll definitely have guys that mainly, you know, they they they're four, you know, very 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 good four day players, and they might be in, in in the last year of their contract, and they might not have an opportunity to, you know, to earn a new contract or to to state their claim, and um, that's going to be a really really difficult situation for a lot of players around around the the county the county scene that are, as they're trying to earn more you know more years on their contracts and I, su- I suppose there is so. a, there's a flip side to that though um to Mar, and that is that you, you yeah you've not been in a position to to lose one you know what i mean you, you haven't gone yeah, out yeah, there and played so badly that they don't offer you a new one so you know that there, there's half a chance um you know if you as long as you're not sort of 38 or something that um that yeah. they'll just hold that that over but you know that doesn't that's no consolation to people who are um already sort of uncertain about what might be happening um come 2021 um you know the, the hundred things really interesting for me because obviously a lot of it in terms of the um, in terms of the model and in terms of the marketing is is based upon players coming in from overseas. Now, how many? A lot of those guys were pulling out anyway because of international commitments. You know, a lot of a lot of teams have have lost some of their sort of marquee players before the thing even got started. That's before travel bans and before everything else. Um, and, and I, you know, I think I might have mentioned it on on the show last week that. That if if it were me, and and even though you know that there's been an enormous amount of financial outlay and and there's quite a bit of jeopardy on the, on the hundred, given those circumstances, it would be the first thing that I would say. You know what? We won't. We're not going to do this this year. We're going to wait until the uh, till the conditions are are better and 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 unleash it or release it um, when it stands the best chance, the best possible chance of being successful. Um, you know, don't forget, this is not the most popular thing in the world already. Um, and to do it at the expense, perhaps, of, of any four-day cricket at all, um, when half of your you know international um, uh, players aren't going to come, um, and various other problems that it's going to encounter, are just inviting the devil round for tea and muffins, if you ask me. <laughs> so that would be, you know, that for me that would be the thing I'd think to myself. Well, you know what? If we've got to if we've got to try and fit um, cricket into a to a sort of a June, July, August, September window, um, then that might be the one thing you go, look, I know we've put a lot of money into this, but let's hold hold fire and do it with a bang um, properly when we could, when we know we're going to get the whole thing in properly with all the players that we want. What about the, you know, the counties are due one point or whatever million each on the back of the hundred, aren't they? Well, if- I mean, look, the, the thing is, like, as I said before, they're, they're due, they, they get their money from the centre that they would normally get anyway. Trickle still get that even if the well, I, go I would I would imagine so. I don't see. I, I wouldn't have thought there's something in the constitution that says all of a sudden we're going to withhold your funds because the counties have still got um, salaries to pay. Right, they've got 
They'll, yeah. they'll have your basic salary to pay. They'll have all the other guys' basic salary to pay. Whether or not they'll they'll sort of you know furlough their employee. Um, what a word, furlough, by the way. Nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew what that meant a week ago, and no, now all I'm of a sudden, it, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and have and have the government pay eighty percent of people's salaries. I don't know, but you know that. There are so many ifs. Well, it's probably some of this comes down to uh, what um, payments the broadcasters make uh, and so on for uh, if a season doesn't uh, transpire. Uh, Yeah, I mean, of course. And and if you Um, you think about it from from their point of view, uh, you know, we've I've I've commentated on plenty of games where there's been no crowd in, and and those occasions feel feel infinitely worse than the ones where there where there are. I mean, with the PSL, we've just come back from there tomorrow night. Um, and the last handful of games were played in front of nobody, having been sort of packed at 30,000 plus houses in most of them. And it was just bizarre. You know, it was an extraordinary experience. Fortunately, having televised some 50 over, a lot of 50 over cricket over the last, last 10 years, we're kind of used to it a bit more in the UK that they uh, might not always have people there. But for the broadcasters, having, having the product is, is absolutely paramount. So I would imagine that from their point of view, that the hundred, whether it's, whether it's in front of, a crowd, whether it's not, whether it's got all of the, the international players in it, whether it's not, they will be um, very keen to get it on one way or the other anyway. And Tamal, is that something that the PCA, have have they gone into that sort of detail with you? For instance, you're contracted to or drafted by Southern Brave, I think, yep. for, for the tournament. So, for instance, if it was pushed back a year, as you understand things, uh, would you stay with Southern Brave and everything stay the same and, and kind of all the payments stay the same and it just happened a year later or, or or have there been any discussions about how that might work? No, nothing nothing as of yet. Um, probably something I need to speak to my agent about and you know they might be a bit more plugged in. But um, everybody's received, we've all received, I think, 5% of our fees just as a, a small down payment with you know regards to image rights and, and that type of thing. So everybody's received a... A small chunk, um, but yeah, no. But a lot of guys, as I said, have taken out insurance on their contracts already for this coming year. So, um, if if the tournament doesn't go ahead, will the insurance companies pay those guys back? I, I don't know. But yeah, we've we've not been, you know, there's been nothing relayed at, at the moment. Whether if the tournament was to just get postponed, would all the squads stay the same? The head coaches might not want the squads to stay the same. They might look at it and and say, oh no, I've got another eighteen months to maybe pick a new squad you don't uh, you've got no idea you've got no idea of how these things are going to go as, as Butch said there's so many so many unknowns and so many ifs at the moment yeah I mean I guess it's some of the players who were drafted this was maybe going to be a kind of a last big payday and, and then you move that 18 months down the line right it's not it's not such a big payday is it well, I, mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't but, sniff at uh, 30, 40 grand. For, but uh, no, no, I know. I know what you mean. But in terms of in terms of um, in terms of sort of the, the big the big cash that can be made in, in leagues, the, the hundred kind of is 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 similar to to most of the other ones of knocking around. There's no. Um, a lot of guys in England, they're not getting any of these other... This other is very true. Though, this yeah. is very true. This is very true. I mean, look, I, I'm sort of thinking thinking off the top of my head here. Um, I suppose if, the, if there wasn't going to be any cricket, then maybe the, you know, the ECB might go, look, we'd rather, we'd rather play the 100 in front of nobody and get it on, and get it on the BBC and, and um, you know, do whatever else. And, and, given, and given that people have, will have been starved of, of live and, and televised cricket... Might just think to themselves, well, the hundred is the one that we're that we'll put everything all our eggs into, and we'll do that one yeah. at the expense of everything else. I mean, you, you know, you could look at it both ways. 
we talked, I think, before um, about what formats, what competitions might get prioritised, and it and it does seem as if kind of the ECB um, themselves are talking about well the hundred, the blast, um, international cricket if they can get it on. Uh, Butcher already kind of by May 28th, half of the championship season has been wiped out. Alistair Cook, I think, said this week, if you can't play uh, a meaningful tournament, then it shouldn't be played at all. Um, I mean, can can you see the the championship falling by the wayside for the first time since the war? I, I can see it happening. I mean, look, again, it all depends on how much time we're left with. Um, it, it could, you see, it, you could end up with inventive ways of playing, you know, sort of group group style championship cricket. You lose the two divisions, you play groups of four and five, whatever it is. Sorry, I haven't done the maths, but, um, and, and play a limited amount of games going towards a final. And you, and it could be, it, you could get a sort of a harbinger for the future of the way that first class cricket is played in the country. Um, you know, this, this whole, the, the disruption of this could provide, um, the administrators with a, with an opportunity to try to test, um, a new way of playing the championship, of splitting the championship, three groups of six, whatever it might be. Um, and, and giving it a, a trial run, um, you know, you might not be able to play home and away game, whatever it might be, um, a trial run for, for a new look of, of doing um, what, we've, what we've done since, what was it, what was the first year, 19, uh, what, 2000, wasn't it, was the first year of, of, of a split championship. Um, you know, there's been so, so much talk over, over so many years about so, too many games being played, trying to fit too much in. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a new tournament now, you know, for goodness sake. So there's even more being tried to be crammed in um, with 18 teams in a very, very short space of time. Don't forget the English summer, even if you play all of it, is, is, is little more than five months, if that. Um, you know, uh, nobody else tries to get so much in with so many teams into such a small space of time. And it could be one of those one of those areas where if, you, if, if people are smart, they go, well, here's their chance. Here's their chance to try and deliver something slightly different. Try to try to try to find a champion of England in four-day cricket, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, but do it in a different way from the way it's been done at the moment. But uh, you know, you're still going to need you're still going to need four out of the five months to do it. I would think if you're going to if you're going to play any four-day cricket at all, and that takes me back to the initial point, which is um, you know if you don't if Alistair Cook's right and you don't play any because the, the season's too small too short, then there are, there's going to be you know, a large percentage of, of professional cricketers who have done nothing all year, who don't who don't play any cricket all year, um, or any meaningful cricket. They might be some sort of second eleven matches, but you know, being played or whatever. But you know, for crying out loud, that's just that's just nonsense. And I don't mean nonsense in terms of it's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's just a terrible thought, isn't it? I mean, you're you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so sure. Give it, give it a couple of months. Uh, uh, plenty of people be dying by a second eleven match just to yeah. just to get out, <laughs> just to get out in the in the fresh air. I mean, um, Tamal uh, Butch mentioned the the PSL, and um, obviously the, you, you were out there as this began yep. to un, unfold. Um, playing matches behind closed doors. What do the how do the players feel about that? Is it kind of if that's what you've got to do then it's what you've got to, if they've got to be coronavirus checkpoints on the on the gates and uh, you know a limited number of people in the ground um is is that conceivable uh yeah look it's, it is it is the last thing that, that as players we want to do there is even 
you know, just thinking back to when I've played, there is a huge difference. Say I've played games, PSL games in Dubai in front of 100, 200 people. There is a huge difference between playing a game in front of 200 people and playing a game in front of 10, 20, 30,000, just in terms of adrenaline, excitement. Um, there isn't that edge on on the game. You know, when you hit a boundary, it's just like, oh, okay, not that I hit personally hit any boundaries, but when I get hit for boundaries, um, there's, it's, it's, it just takes away from the game and from the excitement, in, in my opinion. You know, when you, you, you won't find, well, we often find, say a bowler takes a wicket in front of an empty stadium, even the celebrations will be subdued. There won't be the big, the big roar and, and the, and as I said, the adrenaline's just, it's just not there. But saying that, as you ask any county cricketer, this question, they'll say, look, we'd rather do that than, than do nothing all, all year. And going back to, to four day cricket, as Butch said, I'm sure even if it's just come, come September and even if there's nothing on the games and, but the counties can roll out behind closed doors and four day games, the lads will be desperate to play in them. Even if you, even if you know in September you can play four four day games, those games will, they'll, they'll get played. And, and even if the result of the game doesn't really matter, guys, by then, if you, you know, think how guys are, how stir crazy maybe guys are getting now at the end of March, come July, August, September, guys will just be be desperate to to play any type of cricket, no matter if it's in front of a crowd or or not. I, t- I tell you one thing though, one thing that's, that's that all of this has thrown up, um, and the fans have known this forever, but perhaps only now the um, the players and the and the and the, and the TV companies are, are appreciating it is that the crowd makes the game, you know, the the audience that you play it for. Um, is 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 as important as shipping the you know shipping the best the best names in the world over to come and play because without them the whole thing is diminished enormously. So um, you know it's, it's a it's such a shame for everybody um, if if we have to get to a point where you're considering playing you know because at the end of the day what's the point you know if there's no, if there's no championship on the line and there's nobody there to watch it what's the point it's like <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's dead did it actually happen you know what what is the point of, of playing of playing a, a you know sort of practice matches almost we're looking at looking even further down the, the line here um but tomorrow the the kind of youth um kind of built a, a career of traveling around the, the world playing in uh, T20 leagues. And um, I, I guess that at the moment that's <laughs> impossible, but how, how do you see um, kind of the, the months uh, panning out in, in regards to being able to get to competition overseas? I mean, obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. it goes back to normal, but have you, have you considered that impact? Oh yeah, definitely. Again, it's something you have to think of. Obviously it is, Realistic. Hopefully, it doesn't happen that we might not play any cricket in England, you know, this summer. And then, as you say, for me personally, I then, you know, apply my trade overseas in the winter. But if I'm not able to do that, what am I going to do? Um, I often, uh, you know, kind of subsidise my income by doing media work with, you know, Butch and the like. But obviously, if there's no cricket to commentate on, then you're not doing any of that either. So, um, unfortunately, it's something you have to think of. Um, I know, like the CPL, for example, they're they're still pretty confident of playing the, the CPL at some point this year because the Caribbean hasn't actually been hit as badly as as other places. But of course, if you if you then have overseas players flying in from country they, countries that um, have been hit harder, then obviously that's 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 going to be a huge obstacle. So um, yeah, it's, it's as just speaking purely, you know, selfishly from a from a player's point of view. Um, hopefully, you know, travel bans get lifted and, and things do 
you know genuinely get better you know come come the winter otherwise it's going to be a maybe a, a long long cold winter for for me <laughs> I've got a question for you when because the um you were you were amongst some of the group of the, the english guys that left a few games early from the PSL, yeah. weren't you um uh, just going back to that point about sort of you know the dressing rooms you, there's no way you can't keep a team apart in uh, in a in a cricket uh, in a cricket dressing room yeah. so i mean how much how much obviously there's no crowd but then how much of a concern was it that you guys were all infecting you know could be infecting one another and would that still be a a, a problem um you know should you start behind closed doors in in june yeah, I think, well, two parts of the question. It, it wasn't, I'm sure you'd agree, when we were in Pakistan, it almost didn't feel real. Do you know what I mean? I think Pakistan were a little bit behind the UK and other countries in terms of the severity of the the uh, the crisis. It seems to have gotten a bit worse there uh, more recently. So whilst we were there, there weren't that many reported cases, but it was a lot worse at home and obviously in Italy and, and places like that. So that was that was the main reason why we flew home is because obviously it's getting worse in England. We wanted to make sure we could get back home. If we were to get the virus, we wanted to get it in England as opposed to then being quarantined in Pakistan for two weeks and then we might not be able to get a flight home. And that that was the main reason for a lot of the English guys wanting to, to leave uh, from from my experience. But then you, you, you're right. Say, say we get to June or July and, okay, yeah, we're going to play behind closed doors. All it takes is one person to then come down with so say we go on a bus trip to Southampton or whatever. Next day, one of Sussex boys comes down with a you know heavy cough and a bit of a fever. That's your whole, you know, you've been on the bus together with 15, 15 16 other blokes, and you have to quarant- you have to quarantine. Then your whole team's out of the competition, aren't they, for at least a week, fourteen days, whatever the the situation is. So you're right. It's it is it, it will have to be in a a situation where we are kind of in the all clear as such um or hopefully you know there's some treatments out there or, or the testing is available you know readily available to everybody where you can one person comes down with it your whole squad can get tested like that and then okay everybody else is fine crack on or, or whatever but as you say it has to that has to be that cut and dry because if not as you say you could be you could have played four games in your tournament and then all of a sudden you got your whole team's just got to stop playing and then, then, then what happens to the tournament? Then it really, then it really is a shambles, isn't it? Gonna have to come up with some uh, coronavirus playing conditions. <laughs> um, DLS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happens if uh, nine of my squad are uh, <laughs> sent to quarantine? Um, you work, well, working out the work out the target from there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've got three batsmen left. Um, yeah, so well, all such uh, happy topics uh, to dwell on. Um, uh, Tamar, what what are you what are you doing other than um, <laughs> thinking about these uh, various scenarios? How are you keeping busy? Uh, what's your 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 current routine? Obviously, um, within the confines of of, uh, of staying at home and, and not going out very much at all. Yeah, well, I think w- with my life the way it is, being a, a T Twenty player. Playing sporadically throughout the year, I'm I'm quite used to to staying at home and not doing an awful lot. Um, so luckily we've got a dog, so we can take the dog out for a nice long walk, kind of each day. You know, we're quite close to the countryside here, so we get out. Um, my wife's actually quite busy with work; she has to work from home. She's a currency trader, so she's actually quite busy with all the markets doing whatever they're doing at the moment. So um, I'm um, I'm being kept busy around the house, just Buy doing everything. jobs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> um, 
So I mean, yeah, kept busy around the house, doing a few jobs, walking the dog. Uh, and I'm sure as, as you've, you know, everybody's seen on social media, I'm probably working out pretty harder now than what I was, you know, when I was a cricketer. You know, you get used to maybe going to the ground for three hours a day and doing your training. But when you're at home all day with, with literally nothing to do, you probably find yourself exercising a bit more. You know, you're seeing a lot of home workouts being done. Luckily, we've got a spin bike, so I'm on that most days. Um, yeah, luckily, again, we had some gym equipment in the house before this all started because, you know, it doesn't look like you'd be able to get hold of any at the moment. So I'm managing to, to fill out my days quite quite easily. Uh, the PlayStation's taking a, a bit of a hammering. Um, so uh, but it's, a, it's a good way to keep communicating with the boys. We've got a Sussex Ben Brown's written a, a pub quiz for us all via via Zoom on Thursday night. So we've got, we've got that to look forward to. Um, I, can, I can feel yeah. a segue coming on. Say again? I can feel a segue coming on. Al, suddenly <laughs> his face is just lit up with your, with your mention of a quiz. Yeah, people are, people are just being a, a lot more creative, aren't they, and catching up online. And, and um, yeah, you're just trying to keep busy. But the scary thing is it's only been, what, two weeks or a week and a half or whatever it's been. I think, you know, it will start to get a bit more boring and a bit more monotonous. And the novelty of maybe some people working from home will soon wear off and... Um, yeah, it, it will get more difficult the the more the weeks go on. What's Butch? What's the uh, the Sky Sports WhatsApp group like? Are you are you push ups, changes, and dancing and horrendous? Horrend- I mean, you know, R- R- Keezy can't get out and play golf. I mean, it's kind of, it's like the end. It's the end of the world. Um, I got I got cut off on a Skype call with with Sky Sports News for for the breaking. Uh, the breaking incidents of Theo Walcott doing some training, running up and down his stairs at home. It was kind of a, the lowest, the lowest point of my broadcasting career. Um, and other than that, mate, you know, just, I mean, same, I mean, much the same position as uh, as somebody like Tamar. That there's literally nothing on my horizon whatsoever. There's no um, no commentary gigs, no work, no cricket. All my all my musical gigs have all been cancelled as well. I had a bunch of those to do in in sort of um, in April. Oh, that's gone. Um, and so at the moment, I'm becoming a, 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 an expert on YouTube kids at the moment. <laughs> um, some of the danger has been taken out of, out of it because they, they've removed all of the adverts that my below three-year-old shouldn't be seeing. So that it's kind of, it's, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit too relaxed. I'm a bit complacent at the moment with, with the YouTube on the, on the TV. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, know the, I know that feeling. Um, to, well, your um, you mentioned the the, the PlayStation. Um, I don't think Butch is much of a gamer, but um, I'm sure he'll be interested in <laughs> in the fact you're uh, representing Sussex in the Quarantine Cup. Is that right on, on the cricketers' uh, website? I am. Yeah, I got my first first group game against uh, Imran Kayam of Kent in that hours, just under an hour's time. So I'm. Uh, this is a, the perfect preparation for that. Um, so yeah, the cricket nineteen on the PlayStation, and the people at the cricket have done a they've done a great job of downloading and creating all the kits, and everybody's you know trying to get it as close to everybody's uh, likeness in, in terms of their face faces and stuff. So um, yeah, so I've got a, a game a game every game sorry a game every day during the week, and um, hopefully I'm I'm better that, at that game than than I am in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Not not tempted yet, Butch, to uh, rock, rock no, out the no, console. I, I couldn't go out and get one, could I? I'd have to, 
in danger Amazon of, or, of an Amazon uh, Amazon. Or, well, yeah. To bring these other career, other other uh, um, sites are available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, aside from training and um, uh, and the possibility of of Norwich not getting relegated uh, tomorrow. What, what positives can you take from uh, this this situation? Yeah, so well, Norwich. Yeah, if the football season does get cancelled and starts again in whenever, that's that's a huge positive. Probably the, the biggest one for me as a Norwich fan, so we don't get relegated. Um, but apart from that, as as I mentioned earlier, I think guys are getting a bit more creative and, and taking things back a little bit more. Obviously, we. As as sportsmen, we're very lucky and probably take for granted the facilities and and everything that that we have and how everything's provided for us in terms of you know the gyms and the support staff and massages and all all that good stuff. And now you're kind of left left to your own, really. Um, you know, our support staff at Sussex have been really good with providing us with videos and links to you know different exercises that we can do at home and and what have you. But ultimately, we've we've got to do that ourselves. And the fact that we've got literally nothing but time um you've got no excuse you know not to so when we do come back it'll be interesting to see you know it'll be quite clear to see who's been you know keeping keeping themselves in shape and who's been sat at home on the sofa snacking in the the crisps and the sweets but um yeah that's probably been the biggest positive and as i say you probably talk to people more even if it's via you know zoom and facetime and, and what have you uh, catching up with guys and because because you, you appreciate it. So the, one of the biggest parts of of county cricket is that mateship, that camaraderie. You know when you you are with each other every day on the road. Uh, those four day games, obviously, you know I'm not part of that. It's probably the biggest thing that I miss is being away with the lads. You know on an away trip for five days, going out for dinner each night, um, and those type of things. So uh, yeah, it, it makes you appreciate those those moments and that time you spend together. As you know, Butch obviously had a full full career it is you know a lot of guys will say it's the best one of the best things about being a county cricketer is that time you spend with each other so um having that taken away from you probably does just pull that into perspective a little bit more um and, and while we've got you on uh the, the PSL um you've been you've been to Pakistan before but um how was how was that whole experience of uh um, going out there for well, most of the tournament obviously it it's it, uh, it yeah. wasn't curtailed in the end yeah, it was brilliant. That's my it's my fourth PSL now, third time in Pakistan, so I'm I'm well versed in in that tournament. Um, as I say, each time it's gone to Pakistan for a little bit, little bit more. We did kind of eight eight or so days last year. Literally flew in for one one game the the year before. Now this time, obviously, did um, flew out there maybe six days a week before the first game, and then. I left just before our our tenth and last group game. We were my decision again was a little bit easier myself and Jason Roy because our team were were bottom of the group and we probably weren't going to qualify, so we didn't feel that pressure to stay. Whereas I, I'm sure other players would have from their owners and from their teams. Because as I said at the time in Pakistan, it, it actually wasn't that bad. So um, a lot of guys were umming and ahhing if their team you know was top of the group, going to qualify for the semis and the final. Or, whatever but um yeah it was it was a brilliant tournament um and a butch kind of came out halfway through or so every game was sold out if not close to sold out um it was nice to travel up to the different parts of the the country i hadn't been to to islamabad or to multan before so we played a couple of games there and yeah, every game was you know really high quality the pitches for the most part were were really good to to bat on not not so good to to bowl on but um you know there were a couple when there was a bit of weather around there was a couple of 
matches in Lahore where it turned square. But apart from that, the pitches were, were all good. There were some high scores, uh, some small boundaries and some big sixes. So just as, you know, as, as a competition and as a spectacle, I'm sure, obviously I wasn't watching on TV, but um, I'm sure it was a good, good competition to watch. And, you know, as we spoke about earlier, the, the crowd plays such a huge part in that because they're, they're there and they're, they're selling out the, selling out the grounds. There's, there's noise, there's banners, there's, there's just such a, you know, a passion and a love for cricket over there. And it was great to be, to be part of uh, bringing that back on a, on a full time basis. And hopefully next year I'll, I'll be back out there. I mean, you've, well, you've both been to the IPL. Everyone talks about the IPL as the, at, the atmosphere and the, uh, the razzle dazzle and all that. But how, how did, uh, cricket in Pakistan compare to, to cricket in India? And obviously you can make lots of Pakistan fans very happy here. <laughs> well, I think, see, the IPL, you can't, you, it's just impossible to match it due to the, the size of the stadiums. You just can't get, you just don't have that anywhere else, do you? Consistently 40, 50, you know, going up to Eden Gardens, what, 65, 70,000. You know, just in terms of volume and numbers, you can't you can't quite match that. But just in terms of, as I say, passion for the game, and especially because they haven't, um, the Pakistanis haven't had you know sustained high level cricket in the country for so long. You could you you could tell what it means to to everybody and everybody you meet in the hotel, and even the even the local players of our you know our own team were were very you know vocally thankful to us as foreign players for for going there and for um, for. You know, trusting the the security services, which were, you know, I'm sure Butch will agree, which you know they were next level. The the security, you never you never once felt you know in trouble or in danger. It was it was logistically very impressive. Um, but yeah, this it is right up there, and the cricket itself would would be right up there with you know one of the one of the top competitions in the world, in my opinion, because as a as a fast bowler, it's it's, a, it's, it's tough to get into the team sometimes because there's so many good. Pakistani fast bowlers. We had Nasim Shah and, and Mohammed Hasnain, who are, you know, t- two of the real superstars of the, you know, kind of Pakistan um, fast bowling scene. And they're both what seventeen and twenty, I think. Um, they're, they're genuinely quick bowlers. So um, there's a lot of lot of exciting cricket out in Pakistan. And if they can just kind of find a couple of few more big hitting batsmen, you know, that will really kind of take the the tournament to the next level. Because you'll often find. The teams be made up of three or four overseas batters, and then maybe a, an overseas bowler. Um, so I think they're just struggling to to find a few more uh, batters on the same level as, as 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 the bowlers, which are you know really really high high quality pace bowlers. Uh, Pakistan, a kind of home of fast bowling. Any tips you've picked up in your time out there? Oh. You haven't got any margin for error. You got to you have to be good out there. As I said the pitches are so flat. I remember, especially those games we played in. In a roller pindi, that was a really, really flat, flat wicket there. So, um, yeah, you, the one thing you, when you're going out, you have to stay calm because there's a lot when you're out on the pitch, um, on the field. There's so much emotion and they're so passionate about the game, and you've got various different people trying to tell you what to do. You need to be strong enough to just you know calm down and, and you know try and be a calming influence on others as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, it's a brilliant place to go play cricket, and hopefully, I'll be back soon. Um, and in, in different circumstances, I guess we might be talking about a, a T20 World Cup towards the end of the year and all those sorts of things. But um, who knows how that will all pan out. But your your own England ambitions, I, I mean, I, I guess those are still um, uh, burning. Yeah, definitely. And like, I've just got to try and stay fit for a, for a period of time, something that I've not been able to do, unfortunately. Um, I felt with Sussex last year, I was probably playing 
some of my best cricket and then unfortunately I went down with a stress fracture which was really, really frustrating for me but yeah I, I had one eye on it kind of at the back end of the year um, it, you know in theory it was there was a nice flow to the to the year for me there was you know I could kind of get back playing in the PSL then I could have kind of six six weeks off or so then go into the blast with Sussex then in the hundred and then hopefully if you know if that summer all went well I'd, I'd chuck my name in the hat for for that T20 World Cup come the end of the year but you know, obviously things have worked out completely differently now. We don't know what's going to happen over the next three, four, you know, six, seven months. So um, I definitely want to, you know, I'd love to play for England again. Um, I've not done so for a couple of years, but um, I've just got to stay fit and then back myself to, to, to bowl well when I'm out on the park. Indeed. Well, I've kept you both for almost long enough, I think. Um, <laughs> before we finish, uh, I know Butch is looking forward to this bit. Um, <laughs> it seems uh, everything on... on cricket twitter at the moment is either nostalgia or quizzes so <laughs> I, I thought we'd contribute something to the mix a uh, little head-to-head between you two the winner gets a month's supply of hand sanitizer <laughs> when i can get hold of any um but she, are you pumped for this <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> you've not muted yourself have you uh, <laughs> I, i'm speechless i can't i'm so excited oh yeah i think you were meaning to say you were born ready um right <laughs> we'll, we'll start with you as uh uh the uh, the preeminent uh, switcher here um first question against which country and i should say that these are questions about each other Okay, so just so you're uh, uh, on the same page. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't alive for most of Mark Butcher's career. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that that might uh, that might um, become apparent. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, Butch. Against which country uh, did Tamal make his England debut in 2016? 2016. Oh, this is tremendous! Great, thanks, thanks so much. Um, <laughs> Oh, was it India? Oh, oh! I see you can see no, but... Tom shaking his head there. Um, <laughs> uh, he has played against India, but uh, debut came that summer. The tourists were Tamal, Sri Lanka. One off, one off, one off. T twenty. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you you got that right. Up. I can't believe I didn't remember the one off T20. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was, it was a very significant moment. Um, right, so uh, no points. Tamar, uh, you're up next. You might, this might be a bit easier, but we'll see. You, as you said, uh, you weren't alive for most of his career. Where, where, did Butch, where did Butch spend his entire playing career? Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ding ding okay nice. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the board guess, the guess board. who wants to know to come back on the show huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, right moving on moving on you've got uh, catching up to do Butch um, who did Tamal hit on the arm causing a, a brief injury scare when England played a warm up match against Essex ahead of the 2013 Ashes Wow! Well, it was it was Alistair Cook, wasn't it? I I, I think Cookie presumably had uh, inside knowledge and was able to get out of the way. It was uh, England's uh, England's premier spinner at the time. Who was it? Oh, who was England's premier spinner at the time in 2013? Graham Swan. <laughs> it was it was Graham Swan. 
Uh, bang on the hand <laughs> on his way to making ninety four. I thought you were going to say on his way on his way to on his way to the to rescue his cat from underneath the floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the best the less said about that, the better. Um, yes, uh, do you remember you remember that ball well, Tom? Yeah, I remember we'd spent all day in the field the the day before. England were plenty for not many, and then uh, Ravi was captain that game, and he said, and then I think I. Bowl the, maybe open the bowl in the next morning and he said, all right, let's just bowl bumpers here now and just, we've had enough of this, let's try and have a bit of fun ourselves. Um, but yeah, thankfully, it was, it, was a, it was a decent knock to him, but he was all right and he managed to play the rest of that summer. He did, indeed. Um, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll give Butch that one, it's one all. Um, next, <laughs> next, <laughs> next question for Tamal. Um was, was Mark Butcher left or right-handed? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the third question. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> what was Butcher's score at Headingley in 2001? No, a very right famous there. match. I'll give you, if you can get within 10, I'll give you it. Was it over 100? <laughs> Headingley 2001. Butch, was it, was it over 100? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, how old was I in 2001? I was nine. I reckon, I, I, I am aware that Butch did a, you know, had a good game at some point and did well. Uh, <laughs> that is one way yeah. He scored 129. Ooh, ooh, well that would have been a good score. I'm not sure that would have been good enough on the day, would it, Butch? Uh, what, that, probably not, no. No, <laughs> given the capacity for collapsing against Australia, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you educate the youngster. We're back. We're back, we're back in business. Uh, that was, it was 173. Oh, well, a little uh, asterisks on it. Oh, sorry, I uh, I sold you short then. Right, that's all right. <laughs> that, that's all right. Younger brother. <laughs> uh, okay, well we're sticking with batting. Um, another one for you, Butch here. In uh, 114 T20 uh, matches, what is Tamal's highest score? <laughs> oh, mate! <laughs> what, how, how much? How much? How much of a you know? How much of a, of a cushion have I got? <laughs> if you get within five runs, <laughs> if I get within five, I reckon 17. Nah, <laughs> is that too many? Do, yeah. Does, does, do, you, do, do you know it, Tamal? I don't know if it's higher than 10. Oh, 11. <laughs> it, is, yeah, yeah, it is not higher. It is eight not out. Oh, there brilliant. I can remember Although, the game against Middlesex. <laughs> I think. A couple of, couple of uh, smoked fours, was it? No, nah, Adam Voges for six, I think. Okay. He brought himself on as captain to try and get a couple of cheap wickets at, at the tail, I think. At Essex. And then I think I got left stranded. I think I might have been eight, not out. Stranded on eight. Yeah. I was on for a big one that day. <laughs> Just, yes. Uh, 92 runs short of your major 300. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so we're still deadlocked. Uh, a similar uh, reverse scenario here then for you to uh, uh, work out tomorrow. How many test wickets did Butch take for England? Oh, 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 it's a good test. You, you, you knew he was an all-rounder, of course. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know he bowled a bit, turned his arm over. Uh, I reckon Butch got 18 uh, test wickets. Oh, I was about to say, if you get it within three. Oh. Did I? And 
Butch, do you know how many test wickets you took? Yeah, of course I do. I remember every single bloody one. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen. Oh wow! <laughs> there we go. There you go. Take that on the on the buzzer. Mm. Nailed it, and I, uh, and uh, I had prepared a tiebreak question, which uh, you know I'll I'll ask I'll ask it to Butch anyway. Just no, you know, just on for, the buzzers. just for giggles. Mm. Uh, this is Butch. If you get it right, then you claim an honourable draw. If not, tomorrow wins. Having um, had one more question, which, well, I suppose it's only fair given how old I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which which of these PSL teams has Tamal not played for? <laughs> Peshwar's Peshawar Zalmi, Quetta Gladiators, or Karachi Kings? <laughs> Can I stop you there? I've played for all of those teams. Oh, it's a trick question. Oh. <laughs> you've, you've, you've given the answer to Butch. <laughs> and he's, he's tapped in. He's tapped in an open goal. <laughs> Sorry, you fooled me. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Just like just like test matches, that's uh, long experience. You see, quizzes can end in draws as well. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> that's why Norwich are bottom of the league, mate. Literally. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Brilliant. Um, well, you, 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 neither of you getting the prize now. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, gentlemen, we've all got things to do. Um, rearrange the spice rack, catalogue our TikToks. It, it, it looks like we're uh, digging in for the long haul, hopeful of better news to come and some cricket before the summer is out. So in the meantime, stay in, stay safe, look after each other. We'll be back for more soon. My thanks to Butch and Tamal and to all of you for tuning in. This has been the Switch Hit Podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.